Welcome to the Barbarian Hour podcast, where we conquer the impossible. The Barbarian Hour podcast is presented by Barbarian Apparel. Here is Jared Opfer and Zeb Miller. Are you ready? You know, like I've helped a couple of your guys' buddies, some mutual friends out there in Ohio, as far as it goes with their home gyms. Like they're putting wrestling mats in their in their basements, in their garages, if they got a shop. And I love to help those guys. I'm I'm interested to see how uh, how the bomber turns out. Yeah. Um, Jeff Varney. Jeff Varney built a wrestling room above his garage. It is a part of his house. It is not separate from the house. It is incredible. Oh, it's it's incredible the artwork on it. I haven't seen it in person. So next time I'm out there, you're going to take me over to see Varn. Yeah, we're neighbors. Uh, but, we're neighbors. We'll just okay, go right down the well, street. Perfect. And he went with the Olympic uh, team trials layout, correct? I mean, color scheme, I believe, didn't he? Or what did he go with? Yeah, he did it real cool, man. He's got Bomber Wrestling on there. It's a multiple colored logo. I mean, he went and he got the. I think he got underlayment underneath there. He's not messing around. He got the wall pads, the graphics, everything. Nice coach. Can you give us a quick rundown on home use mats, how we contact Kevin Roberts for camps and how we can get a hold of Kevin Roberts for home use mats and personalized Resolite mats from Kevin Roberts? Yeah. So I, thank you for mentioning that. I love being a Resolite rep, man. I love it. Great company, best mats in the business. If you ask me the gold standard. Um, so Roberts wrestling at outlook.com is my email. Uh, robertswrestling.com is my website, which has all my contact info on there. Um, and they can follow me at Roberts Wrestling on Instagram. Okay. All right, Dave. Dave Habit, our guest tonight. Dave, welcome to the Barbarian Hour. Dave is a multiple-time NCAA All-American for the Edinburgh Fighting Scots. He is a Slovenian national team member. I got that right, didn't I? You did. Sometimes I mess it up and say Serbia, but that's that is uh, Stevan, right? Yeah, he's he's Serbia. You're Slovenia. Uh, you are a multiple time European Championship bronze medalist and a an Ohio State champion in both the OAC and Division One OHSAA. Just to give people a quick perspective, who Dave Habit is and one of Tim Flynn's. Uh, mainstays when you guys were third in the team championship your senior year was it correct third place trophy back to edinburgh pa dave was a big part of that you were a finalist port was a finalist shop was third am i right on it and vic vic avery was a third as well right correct i nailed all those down didn't i uh cory mines was round of 12 i like to give him credit okay cory maple heights guy hold on we gotta give cuyahoga county guy you're a cuyahoga county guy we gotta give him the love too because that that's he scores six, eight points there. So that, that matters. That absolutely matters. So um, Dave, welcome to the show tonight. Big news. Let's just kick off with the big news, Jared. We're going to start with the big news, Dave. What's the big news coming for you out of Ohio? Um, You're, you're leaving the cliff Keen wrestling club. And what is the next step for Dave Abbott? I'm coming home and I'm coaching. uh, I'm the head coach of Western reserve Academy. Couldn't be more excited. Um, Yeah. Big news. Hudson, Ohio. So you grew up in West Park, right? Correct. West side of West Park, I like to say. That's like the big, did you know that's like the big joke amongst all the firemen and the city workers and the police officers? Did you, the West side of West Park is where a lot of them live. That's like the big joke amongst them. I don't even really get it, but whatever. 
they all actually do live in like a specific neighborhood. But I, I think, I think like all my friends' parents are cops or firemen. So I, I maybe that's what. So West Side of West Park. Yeah, I don't know. Did, did, hold on. Did they all live in like the, a similar neighborhood? Did they all live? Where right I live, yeah, probably the West Side of West, West Park. That's what it is, yeah. I believe. Yeah. So if the most West Side of West Park is near uh, Lakewood, yeah, yep, it is. So it's the West Side. That's the joke. Barely a joke, even. Yeah, like where <laughs> I grew up in the OLA area, we were closest to uh, um, to Lakewood. You know, we were far from old defense so even Lakewood, but Lakewood's west. Yeah, you weren't right there by you were right by actual uh, old defense soap on um, Athena Avenue, where they they moved from Northern Vermilion. So yeah, they were in Lakewood. But okay, so walk us through the process. Walk us through the process of getting a head coaching job. Your career ended. Your competitive career ended three weeks ago, Dave, at the last chance qualifier. Yeah, about yeah. Sofia, Bulgaria. Yep. So last chance qualifier, and. How it ended is how I really want to start because you wrestled this Greek dude. That guy's a stud, by the way. And he scores a bunch of points on you right away, like seven points right out of the gate, right? Because he's super explosive. But you caught him. You caught him. He stopped almost. And it was like a scramble. And you you did did his knee pop? No, I, I guess it was early. I thought he was just – every guy I wrestled took injury breaks. I His – I think he was just – they were giving him the cold spray and everything. I, I didn't hurt him or anything, in my opinion. I think he just needed to regather his thoughts or something. And he took that time, and you you came back and scored a point. Would you lose nine seven to him? Yeah, that was crazy. And it was three Americans right in a row who were wrestling. It was you, Oliver, and then um, what's his name from Duke, the Duke guy, Silver. Uh, Fine silver. It was fine yeah. silver from which he's Israel. You're Slovenia. And then J.O. is United States of America. But you and J.O. are the same weight. Yeah. Would you guys have forfeited to one another in the final? Um, I don't know. I'm I I don't think so. I mean, I think we would have wrestled. Do any of those guys wrestle? It would have been fun. It would have just been fun. Like we yeah. both beat Tokyo. Yeah, pressure. Just right. wrestle. We would have we would have wrestled. Do those guys? I'm asking. Do the the foreign guys that you wrestle? Do a lot of the time? Do they wrestle in the finals of that? No, it's a yeah. it's a it's a problem with the sport. Um, these two day tournaments. Um, it's not. It's, I knew at this qualifier nobody was going to wrestle. And if you watch if you watch the finals, uh, 74 kilos, all the guys wrestled. But other than that, there was at least. One four like guys don't do the wrestlebacks. They don't do yeah, the wrestle, but nobody wrestle wrestlebacks. They don't do the wrestlebacks. They don't do the finals. But if you did it in one day, I mean, you you've already wrestled today. You just finish up the day. But I think they just don't want to come back and make weight the next day. And and that's you know. probably the big piece of it, right? Yeah, wait and they, they come back for for what, right? Yeah, for what? Why not make a bronze worth something though? Why not get rid of the repercharge and you know because they give two bronzes out. Why not make it a, tr- a true third place? Because there's a lot of really good guys who didn't qualify through that. And it blew my mind. I was like, oh, my. I think Sabalov. Sabalov's the dude that uh, he's a Russian guy, but he might be with, like, Romania now. Serbia. He didn't get out at 74 kilos. Yeah. Is, is he with, Wait, is he with Serbia? Yeah. Yeah. So Sabalov, right? Yeah. That's oh, Sabalov's 70, crazy. 
74 this year was super tough. Um, I didn't even realize how good the Bulgarian guy, the Belarus guy was. Um, Yeah, Belarus won it. The guy from Bulgaria was really good. The guy from Hungary was really good. There was Sabalov, there was Turkey, and then the guy from Slovakia who beat Chimizo and uh, that Russian, um, I'm drawing a blank on his name. That guy from Slovakia who won Europeans didn't qualify for the Olympics. Uh, That's incredible. Yeah, so all those guys I named are like Olympic and world medalists. Did he beat Rashidov? Not Rashidov. No, this is at 74. So it's the guy who uh, beat Chimizo at the World Championships last year, and he gave – he was like – Sitikov ended up beating him in the Russian Nationals, but – it's just – okay. Yeah. So a lot of the Russian guys, like like Sabalov, for example, they're going and they're – you know, obviously they can't make the Russian National team. But they at one point or another were Russian national team members. Now they're going out and they're going. Um, I think Albert Saritov. I saw him there. Albert Saritov was at ninety-seven kilos, and he wrestled Kyle Snyder, and he was a, a bronze medalist in the Olympics in two thousand sixteen. So he's at Romania now, and it's just because I watched him in the Russian nationals when we, uh, Joe Williamson and I covered it. Um, he lost to uh, Gadisov in the finals at 84 kilos. Now they're both massive 97 kilo guys, but these, I, I couldn't believe it. Like I'm looking at it. The amount of Russian guys who've defected to other countries is insane, but insane. it also makes the tournaments. It like, for example, it would make the world championships that much tougher. Doesn't make the Olympics that much tougher because not all of them qualify. Right. It's wild. It's wild. What do you think of that? What do you think about the, the Russian guys defecting? You, you did it. You, you know, you, you were wrestling, uh, not for the United States of America where you're native born. Who is actually born, um, in Slovenia? My grandparents. So if your grandparents were born there, that's, you can get citizenship. Um, my mom and dad are both Slovenian though. So I'm 75%. Only my grand, only my grandma, my dad's side is not Slovenian, but my grandpa's 100%. My mom's parents are hundred percent. They, my mom's first language is Slovenian. So they, my um, grandparents moved here when they, I think they like my grandma was pregnant with my mom. Like she was having my mom and they moved here. So my mom's first language is Slovenian and they learned, they learned English through television. I always, I remember as a kid, I thought that was so weird, but it makes a lot of sense now. But I was like, I didn't, I didn't understand, but that's how they actually learned English just through TV shows and stuff. Wow. Yeah. Crazy stuff. So, so let's fast forward. I, get, I think I can still get citizenship for my kids because I'm a citizen. So, you know, I was able to get citizenship through my grandparents. Now that I'm a citizen, you know, I'm pretty sure I can still get my kids. Citizen. They just, they wouldn't have been grandfathered in. So if I didn't get citizenship when I was a baby um, or at any point, they wouldn't be able to get it either. So. Wow. Just think about the future, you know, Right. You got, you got two little ones. All right. Yep. A boy and a girl. Yeah. So, so fast forward, right. You know, a few weeks ago, right. Retire now, like Zeb said, kicking off a show, West Reserve Academy. Uh, how'd that process work? Obviously you went very quick, right? Yeah. Oh, it went really quick. I uh, was talking to a friend that they were interested in. He couldn't do it. Well, first, first of all, he, he, I, you know, one thing uh, that I could say real quick about um, 
you know, the, the tournament that I wrestled in is, okay. um, is that, you know, the loss is obviously very heartbreaking, but, um, I, I got a lot of support from a lot of family and friends and, uh, that helped a lot. And so one of my friends, he reached out to me and it had nothing to do with, uh, Western reserve. He was just saying, good job on your career. You wrestled tough. And I ended up just talking to him for a while. And, um, it's crazy thing. Cause I thought back to that moment. I was like, it would have been easy to just put it off and ignore him and feel sad for myself. But I was talking to him and then he just was like, well, what are you up to? And I was like, I'm, I'm available, you know? And then, uh, he kind of gave me word about Western reserve. And then I, so I hadn't even gotten back to America and it was on my radar. Wow. I flew back. Cool story. I've traveled for 25 hours, flew back to Detroit. I wanted to surprise my mom and my wife for Mother's Day. So I drove to Cleveland uh, that night. So I, as soon as I got off the plane, went back to Dundee, Michigan first, drove to Cleveland another two hours, surprised them. And then like two days later, I, um, I, I talked to Western that next day, I think. And then two days later, I went and visited the school and everything. And it's, it was, it went really fast. Wow, that that's no, there was no break time between the co- competition and um, you know what I'm doing next. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And uh, yeah, like you said, you kind of took the text and moved on. We talked with the guy, our buddy guy, and you know we'll talk about it later. You come to come in uh, in a few weeks to do camp at at Burnett's, but guys like yeah, reach out. You know he's you know shortly after you know the match. You know the um last chance and guys like yeah coach him he, he's not you know he's in the right frame of mind you know he's a good that's the type of guy he is right he, he's got always has things in perspective with that being you know your last match um you know what are, what are the things you tell yourself or i guess perspective right because same thing with ncaa's you know probably wasn't the end goal you had but that's a career that how many people want right you've achieved yeah. so much that people want but i guess what is there similarities to the two finishes or what, what do you tell, you know, the, you know, yourself? Well, the similarities are, they're both heartbreaking. Um, this, this last one just felt different. Um, um, well, okay. A good perspective I could give is, is like what you said. So I always remind myself if I want to start feeling bad for myself that I took second in at the NCAAs, right. You know, like, my freshman sophomore year, I was a good wrestler and I didn't, I didn't get on the podium and I started getting, I started wondering if I ever would, you know, it was a, it was a dream of mine and and I worked hard to get there and it took me until my junior year. So, and I just know tons of wrestlers like Corey mines, or just, I could list off a bunch of wrestlers who they were good at, they're good enough wrestlers, but they didn't all American or they didn't get second place. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So when I, start trying to feel bad about myself. I just remember like I had Josh Kendig first round. I could have lost then. And then that could have been it. The guy was a returning finalist. So I always keep that in mind. I realize how, um, how, how high of an achievement that is. Um, you know, and I think, I think as you get older, you start to, uh, look at your, your efforts and your performance. So in the national finals match, I felt like I did do everything I could. The guy slowed me down a lot and, I didn't feel like I was able to wrestle my style match. And then this match in uh, Bulgaria, 
I mean, like, like Zeb was saying earlier, it was an exciting match. Um, he got a lead, but I took a lot of shots. I kept coming after him, coming after him. And yeah, I mean, I'm really proud of the efforts I put out other than losing the match. I was proud of every single thing, everything I did. I talked to Zeb a while back, I think before the Pletcher match. And ever since October, I've been really dialed down and had my weight under control and worked hard. Like I did everything. I honestly, after the match I lost, it was different than the NCAA finals because I knew that I wasn't going to be done wrestling by then I, I knew I was going to wrestle longer. This to me was like my last match. I, I was like, it, it just felt different, but um, I, I've accepted it. I, I'd say it's probably the hardest loss I've taken, but I think I've handled it the best, you know, because, you know, I, the one thing I didn't do was feel sorry for myself. And um, I'm, I'm looking at it from a different perspective, but it's, it's, I, it's weird when it's your last match and you know, it. and for me, it was like, I'm not going to Tokyo and I knew how close I was. And I think the reason why it felt so weird is because ever since that match I lost in the NCAA finals, I was like, I'm going to wrestle until 2020. So I've known about this retirement date or, you know, I was hoping I would retire at the games, but you know, I knew that this was the last time I knew I was either going to be done here or I was going to be done at the end of this year. And it's been, it's been, I've known it for the past, you know, six years. The training situation at uh, Cliff Keen in Ann Arbor, Michigan at the Bona Center with, you know, in conjunction with the University of Michigan wrestling team. Obviously, Edinburgh just did not have an RTC in place that could have supported what you wanted to do, you know, with, with, with Slovenia, right? Yeah. So, you know, you got to make the move. It's a four hour drive from Ann Arbor to Pry Edinburgh. So that was, that was a move you made right away. Could you have asked for a better training situation than what they did with Cliff Keen and Balaglazov and coach Bormat and Chirella and all those guys. I mean, those guys are awesome, man. That is, I'm a huge fan. Obviously my wife's from Ann Arbor. Um, I just like what they do and how they operate. I'm, I'm just a, really into how the university of Michigan runs their RTC, their wrestling, you know, the Cliff Keen wrestling club, but could you have picked a better place to train for Dave Habit? No, I mean, it was, it was an excellent decision. Um, you know, as far as RTCs go, um, it was, I was really blown away. So first I'd have to talk about like Andy Rovac because Sergey is obviously a big piece, a big piece of the puzzle, but you know, he came in later. Um, I was, I was, I was debating on if I was going to coach, you know, and kind of get into volunteer coach position and compete and then pivot into coaching when I was done competing or just be a full-time athlete. And um, I had a couple hard decisions to make there, but I don't know. Andy Rovat really impressed me with, he had just a written out schedule game plan. You And then you could question him and he, he has the answers for you. He doesn't just say just because, or like he, it was, I, I was impressed by his professionalism. So I actually went on a visit there, went back, still couldn't make, I, I was really indecisive when I was younger. So I couldn't, it was the best choice by far, but I, I was like, I don't know, I had some other good choices, but then I, I went back up again for training and I didn't even leave before I left. I was like, I'll, I'll be here full time. So, so, so uh, Rovat's the one that sold it. He's, uh, yeah, because I, I focused more on Rovat because he was, he was the, the RTC coach now, um, Coach Torella, Kellen Russell, um, Coach Bormat, they all were a big 
like the situation was amazing. I couldn't be more thankful to the coaches and the, the wrestlers, the other RTC athletes. Like it was an amazing experience, but the, the, I, the there's two main reasons I went to Cliff Keen in the beginning. And it was for, because of Andy Rovat and the, the training program that he showed me and, and the more questions I asked, the more answers he had. And then at that time there was Jimmy Kennedy, Kellen Russell, BJ Fattrell, plus the college guys, but there was three guys at my weight um, that were really good. They, they were older too. And, uh, and I wrestled for Sylvania. So I was like, why? Like I get three really good guys in this room and I don't have to worry about qualifying for the team against them. And what was really, what I could really um, compliment Michigan with is the circumstances now um, are completely different than when I first signed up and it didn't change anything. So we got a new coach. We got a bunch of new athletes. It was still a good situation. Never once thought about, I, me, me and my wife, like we knew that I was going to retire here. Like I never considered uh, going anywhere else. And anytime I underperformed, it was, it was me, you know, my training situation has been amazing and we had a lot of fun and, and I got a lot better at wrestling. Do you know the story of how Silent Age Andy Rovat came up with the plan that he showed you? <laughs> Do you know the story yeah, behind it? Yeah, it's yeah. wild, right? Yeah, that and that and that was that's a unique thing, right? That's what impressed me. And and at first he was talking to me about it, and it was just so different. And I was kind of like confused, but like once I understood what he was saying, I was like, and then yeah. So for those who don't know, I can tell the. It's not that long of a story, but he, you know, he lost in the Olympics in 2008 and he just was, well, I think it was after he retired in 2011. He wrestled a little bit longer after the Olympics. Yeah, because he came back. He came back after 2008. He made the U.S. national team again. Um, he didn't make the world team, but he made a U.S. national team and he like came back up away, was just yeah. wrestling. And then he just, he got this like craving because he's a, such a student of the game. Just want to be. What did he do? What do you do? He just won the beach, whatever, right? Oh yeah, he just won. Hey, he just won the beach national. Yeah, Did you yeah. See that? yeah, yeah. Dude, I love nice. Andy Rovat. We're the same age, on, and he Zeb. is an awesome guy. But go ahead, Dave. Tell the story about Andy and how he gained all this knowledge. He, I mean, this is why I love Andy, and and what impressed me is he he wanted to know why. You know, if if for those who don't know, there's a it's when you look at the country of Russia and it's this big. It's, it's like a very small part, part, Southern Russia, where Azerbaijan and Georgia meet, and then Armenia's around there, and so is Iran. That little area, you know, I don't, I, it's probably the size of, you know, Ohio, PA, Michigan, like that small of an area. Uh, that's where all the best wrestlers in the world are, and, and they're representing other countries like Poland and Hungary, like we were talking about earlier, right? So he wanted to know what, what, how they're so good. So what did he do? He, he flew to Russia and went to this, he went to, uh, he went to Ossetia. So Ossetia, not Dagestan, but he went to Ossetia and it's like this small, like this area, it's very rural and isolated in the mountains. Yeah. In the mountains. And, um, and he trained with them. And, and then the funny part of the story too, is he, he was learning Russian, but like there's different, languages like i think i don't know which he like this is not totally accurate but he was like for example he was like learning russian but they speak ossetian like they don't speak i don't know what the language is called but so he just didn't know i think he had a girlfriend and 
she helped him out with that. But he just went down there and he just he 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 trained down there for a year, a long time by himself, and that's where he got the system from. Like just he absorbed. he wrote it all down. Yeah. And he just like would take notes every day and then he would run into people. I think he ran into like Artur Temezov. He'd run into these people. He would like literally like see them out. They go to dinner and he'd see these guys out. He'd see an Artur Temezov out. And he, and it was just wild to hear it because he's, he's seeing all these guys. So the uh, the area there, it's like Chechnya, uh, Dagestan and Osetia, right? Those are like the three, those are the hotbeds. Yeah. And it's, it's not accurate to be like, oh, Dagestan's the PA or it's not. No, it's not accurate <laughs> because the amount of world-class wrestlers and now MMA fighters that they're getting yeah. is at a so much higher percentage than Pennsylvania could ever be. And we get it. You know, you went to Edinburgh and we wrestled in yeah. the high school in Ohio. We, we get the PAs deeper. It's just, it's better than the rest of the States. Yeah. But to compare them, it is a false comparison yeah. because well- – what I was tr- like, how big is that area? That's what I was trying to more emphasize is, you know, you're right though. I think it's a small like, area. Yeah. It's not a huge area. It's not like it's like Texas or, or Alaska or something. It's not that big. Yeah. It, it's a small, small area. And Andy, like, that's the example Andy gave me. Cause he was telling me, he's like, Dave, it's like, it's a small, small area. Like, so again, like to go to emphasize your point, like these are world-class Olympic champions and Andy said, if you go to the coffee shop there, like the dude making your coffee is probably an Olympic champion. It's that he's like, if you go to the store, like there will be an Olympic champion in that, in that store. Like it's a, it's a very small area. And then also, like he was saying, like the guys who represent Georgia and Azerbaijan, like it's all, it's like a tri-state area. Like they, it's so close. They all train. there. So he was like, I think he, he had a number, like there was 27, um, like Olympic medalists in the room he was training in. that's unreal yeah like <laughs> it could be gold medalist i don't remember because he told me it like a long time ago but like he said the room he like he gave me the number and i was like geez it was just like you know i mean imagine being in that room you could be and he lived there for like a year year and a half right yeah you something. could be a world bronze medalist in that room and you're you're a common dude in there you're not a big deal i saw pictures of him like hanging out with uh besakutikov Yes, him and Jake Herbert. <laughs> Ladders, yeah, him and Jake Herbert yeah. are hanging out with Bessa Kudikov playing cards. Yeah. How cool! I'm like, this is amazing. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's unreal to see in the the depth of knowledge of Andy Rovat. In, in um, now he's big into yoga. He's really. I talk to him, you know, about once once every other week. We we text back and forth, and uh, he gets me going. Is he in Vermont or New Hampshire? No, I forget. Uh, Vermont. He's in Vermont. So yeah, he yes. he's in Vermont. And he tells me some pretty funny. What's that? Training the Spartan kids, right? Yeah. Desana's kids. Yeah. Yeah. Desana's got a compound up there. The Andy and they, they actually made a, uh, like a kid's training program, I believe is what Andy, cause that was what him and Jake wanted all the time. All along him and Jake had the base. Was it base wrestling? Him and Jake Herbert wanted to do the base wrestling system. And it's like learning body kinetics, lifting your own body weight, moving your own body weight. Cause that's the weird thing. We just like to have kids jump right to controlling them in somebody else's body weight. And we don't ever yeah. teach them body awareness. We don't teach them how to do pull-ups. We don't teach them how to tumble. We don't teach them to how to become more aware of their body with doing flips and you know, tumbling and all that stuff. And, and that was basically what his system is. And I think that he must've tweaked it 
I mean, we'd have to have him on for him to, he'd give us, he'd line the vision out. But I know yeah. that that was because he's cha- cha- training dishonest kids. Yeah. So he owns Spartan. Spartan bought Tough Mudder. They're obviously a huge part in the market of those like kind of crossover races and CrossFit, right? Yeah. So one, one thing that I'd like to say too about Andy and Jake's idea that you were saying with control your own body is when you see these world-class athletes, let's just say like Frank Chimizo, for example, but it's really all of them, but they're able to do things that when you watch them wrestle, you think it's something like, Oh, I can't do that. You know, or I don't have the genetics for that. It's like you, it, it can be learned and taught, but that it's through that base system where from a young age, you're, it's not crazy stuff to do either, but you just have to do it. Like you go through the base system of doing front hand springs and bridges and stuff. And so when you watch these world-class athletes um, as adults and they're able to maneuver their body that way, it's, it's just from, you know, just doing that warm up. And then, yeah, obviously you just, as you get older, you add another person to it and control their body, right? The more you can control your own body, the more yet you can control the other guy's body. Right. So. Yeah. So my kids right now are doing uh, the three-year-olds into rolling a forward roll. They're learning a backward roll to punch up, to, to punch up on your hands. And then the oldest one can do like a cartwheel that looks like mine, <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, it's going to be better in three weeks, but yeah. they're learning the basics of that. And then I'm, I just got them a pull-up bar. You know, the one you can, you can put in the doorway. Yeah. So um, the youngest one can do a couple pull-ups right now. Wow. So I kind of like uh, just that, that system. And then I remember being at Jordan's working for Jeff Jordan. They had a trampoline. And the Jordan kids were on the trampoline all the time. So there's another, you know, I was watching my nephew who's a hundred, he's 200 pounds. I was watching him on a trampoline this weekend. Oh my goodness. He has like complete body awareness. He can do flips. He can do gainers. He can do, and he's 200 pounds. Yeah. He's a massive guy and he's super athletic, but a lot of that is through building the awareness of the tumbling and just the basics. And then my other nephews can do all the same stuff. So it's like, but you got to start now, you know, you, you having them jump in the game at 12 years old, you know what I mean? It's a late start. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, the Chorellas got away with it, right? They're freaks. We understand that, you know, but they were still active doing other things. It's not like their dad was just like, Hey, it's great. We're going to have you guys join wrestling. You've done nothing else. You've been couch yeah. potatoes your whole life. Right. Do they make them better than those guys? Those guys are super nice guys. I like the Chorellas. Yeah. Well, I could honestly say a lot of the Michigan families, um, it's not even like I'm just going to miss the wrestlers. I'm going to miss the families, like the Matten families and the Amines. Like, um, I, I would say it's a lot of the Michigan families. I don't know what it is, but they're, oh, there's a lot of amazing people there. There's good people. They're good, good people. people. Uh, Dave amazing. Boyard hit me up like last week. Yeah. This is awesome. Dave Boyard's like, hey. <laughs> He's like, hey, I met your brother-in-law tonight. And I was like, oh, cool. And then he's like, yeah, nothing but bad things to say about you, which is, I laugh. <laughs> and I go, what do you expect? He's a basketball coach. Cause my uh, brother-in-law is the head basketball coach for Belleville over there. Um, yeah. By the airport kind of. Yeah. Um, so they live in Ann Arbor. My, my sister-in-law, my, my brother-in-law live in my wife's sister lives in Ann Arbor and she teaches in our Ann Arbor public schools. And then he's like, yeah, your, your nephew Alex plays uh soft or T-ball with my son. And then he's like, and Chorella's kids on the team as well. Yeah. It's like, it's just awesome to hear. And then I was like, 
so my my brother-in-law texted me then and i was like uh I, oh yeah the, those guys are really good guys they're they're both you know because dave's a great dude Dave, dave's an ohio guy yeah and you know he had the unfortunate situation where eastern michigan uh you know dropped and then you know an opportunity opened at michigan and he got the volunteer job but i just like those guys and i just like that knowing that like i can go there for christmas break or something see my family and I can pop into the Bonner center and everybody's well yeah. welcoming and it's cool. And it's just like a family environment. I like that. And I know that yeah. probably is what you're going to miss. Yeah. I'm going to miss a lot. You know, I'm going to miss competing. I'm going to miss, miss the guys. I mean, I'm going to keep in touch with all of them. I've made some permanent friendships or family with a lot of them. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's um, when you're at these, when you're at Michigan, it's like, if you're the coach, I, I think being a coach there is really awesome because you just get generations of it. You know, you, like I got to experience six years there, but if you coach there for 20 years, you're gonna get 20 years of people coming through. And it's a lot of, a lot of good people coming through there. And they have a lot of family tradition there too, of um, like the Amin family, for example, you know, Miles and Malik wrestled there, their dad, Mike, and then uh, Jordan, Amin, and then Cameron, Amin, and their dad, Sam, like, that's really cool, you know? Yeah. And didn't Colin Russell's twin sister marry like Max Huntley or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kellen's a good dude too, man. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, those guys have never done anything but treat me like gold. I love Andy Rovat. I love all those guys, you know, and I love the old staff too. You know, Joe McFarlane was really good to yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Trost was ever around for you. I think he was gone by then, but I Kirk almost bought a car from him. So I did. <laughs> Like, Trost is, is the, the biggest, man, dude. I'm like, this is the biggest uh, car salesman I've ever met. He, so I think he's not selling them anymore. I think he's more of like a manager, but oh, you know, he tried helping man. out and like, I was like, this is the biggest car salesman I've, I've ever seen. And you know, for his age, he looks great. So yeah. He's actually, chill. He's super yeah. chill. Yeah. I love Trost is a good dude, but all those guys were always really good to me. Whenever I, I would go there, Donnie Pritzloff was great when he was there and it was awesome. And Michael Zicky was awesome. You know, it's yeah. just, they've always been nothing but good to me. All the Chirellas, great. You we know, had a to couple deal with something to get together, Zeb, way back when, right? What's that? We had a visit up there way back when. Oh, yeah. Well, they, they used to get us tickets for the Ohio State um, game versus Michigan on the field. We watched it with Steve Luke. Yes. When they presented him with his national that. championship uh, ring. I interviewed his dad and his, his dad shortly, um, I want to say within the year, passed away. And his dad was just so proud. And I interviewed his dad and, but it's just like th to let us be a part of like such cool stuff like that is like, it's just a family. I was there for the groundbreaking uh, of Bonner center. Uh, yeah. I was there for the groundbreaking Dave at the Bonner center. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, just, it's yeah, it's a great deal. And I would be in Chrysler. I would, I did a couple practices in Chrysler when Tyro Todd was a, a captain and, it was awesome, man. It was just, and yeah. Andy was still competing as an athlete. And yeah, it was a good time. And everybody I've ever dealt with at Michigan, it's, it's a great place. And I'm glad my wife's from Ann Arbor. And I like, I'm glad to, to get back there a couple of times, once or twice a year. So I know what you're missing, but Hey, next on to the future, let's talk about what your role is going to be at Western reserve Academy in Hudson, Ohio. Not only are you the head wrestling coach, they're putting you in two really advantageous positions for you to have a lot of time as being the head wrestling coach, but things that go hand in hand with being the head wrestling coach, what else will you be doing at Western Reserve? I'll be doing strength and conditioning and, uh, and assistant AD. 
So when they give you those two jobs that go literally like this with wrestling, because most people got to be a teacher, right? Most people got to be a teacher. Uh, Scott Green at Wyoming Seminary, he's a a literature teacher, right? He teaches, uh, but but you and uh, Antonelli have a real similar setup. He's the athletic director and now the assistant coach. But knowing that they have a commitment like that, that Western Reserve Academy in Hudson, Ohio, to what your mission's going to be because they board kids on campus there, right? Yeah. You could be a day student, which means you, you don't commute or you don't board, but yeah, they have boarding. Yeah. The Anderson kid is from Aurora. I'm guessing he probably doesn't board. He's like a 195 pounder. So I'm, yeah. I'm guessing he doesn't board. So, but if they're local kids, they probably don't board. Yeah. So anyhow, you guys got the option now and that's awesome. And it's a true prep school experience. And like, it's crazy to be in Northeast Ohio. And a lot of people don't know about it. That's what's wild to me. You didn't know about it, you know, until, you know, your trip home from uh, Sophia, Bulgaria, right? I, I, I only, I knew of Western Reserve because of Menzona Bryant. I, I follow a lot of wrestling. I knew, I didn't know where it was or anything, you know, but I at least saw the name and, and, um, but yeah, I didn't know much about it. And actually, funny story, uh, quickly. Um, we we saw that my wife was just on the internet poking around and whatever. We were looking. This was a while ago. The Case Western job opened up, you know, like Case Western. Right. But she like looked it up twice, and one time she said no, it's a high school, and then the next time, it, it's it's it's. I know I'm being confusing, but both. I, I think I think I didn't do it. She did, but the one time she said, "Oh, never mind, it's the high school." So I think she was referring to Western Reserve. The, but then the other time she goes, "Oh, never mind, it's Case Western." So I don't know if I'm making sense. She was confused. She, she was, was confused. Like, it's like oh, the same thing. Wow, too, right? So it's, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. It's the same area. Yeah, the whole nine yards. Yeah, no, I could see how that could be confusing. Yeah. What do you think my parents would do? They would. They'd have no clue, dude. Come right. on. Right. Dave, this is your time, by the way. You're allowed to tell as many quick stories as you want to tell, by the way. All right. Well, well I just didn't want that time. one to take too long. I just, but um, that was just funny, though. She just was like, she wanted to see, you know, what would be available this year. You know, we, the plan was to go to Tokyo. I didn't do any of this, but she's just like, hey, I just want to see if if you come up short. I don't think she even wanted to do it either, but she's like, look, this is our life. You don't want to miss opportunities because you're stubborn and want to go to Tokyo. She's so she's like, I want a game plan. I want to see what's, you know. So I think she saw Western Reserve the first time, and then she saw Case Western the second time, and it was confusing. So, um, but the one thing that's really exciting about Western Reserve is um, the the parents are very motivated. the The kids they have a pretty good team, and they're all very passionate about wrestling, and they want to be good wrestlers and, and they want to be a good team and the school, I think it speaks volumes um, that they want to be a powerhouse like Wyoming seminary or Blair. And that's why they brought me here. So the school supports wrestling and they're, they want to be good. And so that's always really exciting. And the ADs, he supports wrestling and, and I don't, you know, I've just seen it go the other way. Like I think we talked about Cleveland state before, but you know, the program got saved, but it's, I don't know. It, you know, they brought the program back, but you know, the AD's not very supportive of wrestling. He tried getting rid of it. So yeah, they, that, cut, they just cut a coach. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really frustrating for me. So there's obvious reasons why I would love Western Reserve. It's a great school and a great place, but also the passion for wrestling is there. So I think we we're going to grow and do really well because the kids want to win and the school wants to win and the parents want to win and we want to build something great. So your background being in Northeast Ohio, right? You know, being from, yeah. I guess, you know, growing up West side of West park, I guess, <laughs> why, why Ignatius right. first off. And then I guess, you know, from that experience, what do you, you feel you can bring to, you know, Western reserve? Well, I think something unique I can bring to Western Reserve is, you know, I, I just got done wrestling three weeks ago. So I, I'll be the head coach. I'll have all the duties of a head coach, but I'm uniquely in really good shape and a really good wrestler for a head coach. And I'm going to get on the mats and beat the guys up and, and, you know, and um, I what, think. What are their facilities like? They're nice. They're really nice. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's hard to explain. It's hard to explain what, um, what the campus looks. It's, it's not a high school. I, when I, I was trying to tell my family about, um, this, um, this job and it's kind of hard to explain. Like they don't, they, and they're not, they're, they're not wrestlers. They don't know what Blair is or Wyoming seminary. Like they don't, they don't seem to really know, even know what boarding school is. So they just think of when they think of high school, they think of, you know, Brunswick high school. They don't, I don't think they understand it. It is a campus though. It's similar. I mean, it's a, it's a college. Nations. It used, it used to be case Western. It used to be case Western and case Western in um, the earlier 1900s. So the school, the school has been around since like 1826. And then like in like 1926 or so the years may be off the case case Western moved to Cleveland. And rather than just tear everything down, they turned it into a, a boarding school for high schoolers. It's a beautiful campus. College campus. It's, it's these red, it's red brick buildings, right? Yeah. And it's it's right in like downtown uh, yeah. Hudson's right there. Yeah. It's right, got like right, the right. gates. It's got the gates. It's beautiful. Big white pillars. Landscaping pillars. It's a it's no, yeah. it's beautiful. It's like a really nice place to be. And if you look, Dave, you know, Malvern Prep had a year, right? A lot, you know, it was a weird year yeah. for prep schools, but Malvern Prep won the preps, you know, like they they got is there any doubt in your mind in five years, you guys can't be right there at the front of the line competing with Malvern prep competing with Blair competing with uh, obviously Wyoming seminary competing with all those East coast, you know, uh, uh, Culver Academy, all these, all these, like, you know, these, they're, some of them are military prep schools. Some of them are actually just prep schools. Is there any doubt in your mind? You can't be competing against St. Chris and Virginia and all these teams that are really good in preps. There's, there's no doubt at all. Um, for one, I mean, this opportunity for me and why I think uh, Western Reserve is such a special place is because it's it, it's in Northeast Ohio. So um, we're going to be able to get local kids and, and then you can recruit kids from elsewhere. But specifically, like, yeah, a lot of those schools that you name, they're out in Eastern Pennsylvania, New Jersey. We're in Northeast Ohio. There's not a lot of other options if you want to go to prep school. Um, and another thing that I think is exciting about it is there are guys that are going to want to wrestle, wrestle in the state tournament and, you know, be a four-time state champ or three times. Like it's, it is one of the coolest tournaments to wrestle in, but what I think the advantage is with, uh, 
Western Reserve being a prep school is the prep nationals is a very good tournament. And there's, there's two things about this is one, we can put together a schedule that is very tough, almost, almost like a college, um, college season, you know? And, uh, and the other thing is, is it'll get you used to competing against good guys every week. Um, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like at St. Ignatius, we had a good schedule. We went to Ironman, we went to Brexville, we went to state, but there was a lot of matches in between there where, you know, I mean, I mean, I would hammer guys, but you know, at Western Reserve, we can go to Ironman, Beast, Powerade, Prep Nationals. We can do, I, I think they're starting off the season. I have to check the schedule, but they're starting off, they're starting off the season with like a, a try meet with Blair and St. Ed's. So there's two things going on there. One is that's going to be realistic if you want to go wrestle in college and go through big 10 or, or, you know, go through a college season, you're going to have hard matches every week. The other thing too, is you're going to get, you're going to get looked at by those schools. So if we have a really good guy at 126 and he's nationally ranked and he's placing at Ironman and winning beast and you're going to, you're going to have people knocking on your door and it's getting a little bit harder. It, it's a little bit hard to recruit high school because if you don't go to those kind of tournaments, you know, what is there 14 or 15 weight classes in 14 there's 14. So, and in Ohio, there's three divisions. So 14 times three, it's uh that's 40, 42, 42 state champs. How do you know which one to get, you know, because the guy who goes, goes to Fargo and places or the guy who goes to Ironman and wins it. But I think this just gives you more opportunity. And I, I want guys that would be excited about wrestling the best guys in the country, you know, going out and wrestling seminary, wrestling Blair, we can schedule whoever we want. Think about this, Dave. You got Wadsworth, who's a half hour. Well, yeah, you got Rexville, that's 20 minutes. You got yep. Bernie up the road at Illyria, who's yep. 40 minutes. You've got Ed's. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's 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 unlimited. Lake Catholic. You got all these teams who've got just really good guys, and they're all right there. And it's what's crazy is you still have teams like Nordonia has always got a good guy. I mean, you can look at a lot of these schools. They, a lot of them, you know, you got Maslin Perry, 40 minutes down the road. You've got all these things where you could be practicing. Think about it. You could be scrimmaging with these guys. You can wrestle them in a duel. It's all right there. You don't have to. You don't have to go to Blair. You don't have yeah. to go to Malvern Prep. You don't have to go to McDonough School. You don't have to go to St. Chris. You don't have to literally. You don't have to go to. Uh, Lake Highland prep in Florida, which that'd be nice to do. I would do that. If I'm you, I would take a week, make a week out of it and go down to Florida and, and have some fun, Dave, but you don't yeah. have. Right. Like we said, Northeast Ohio is a hotbed. It's, it's one of the best areas in the whole, whole country and um, for wrestling and USA is one of the best countries in the, in the world. So I, I think it's one of the hotbeds of the world, you know, minus that area in Russia we were talking about earlier. Sure. That's, that's the spot. We all know that. Let's just, let's give that yeah, up. But, okay. Right. <laughs> okay. So last time I saw you, I gave you a boatload of yep. defense. soap. yeah, I, I oh. wish you could virtually give me those. <laughs> Hold on. Let me, let me throw it at the screen. Maybe if I throw it hard enough, it'll make it, but talk about your relationship. You know, you, you and I did a, a video and you were cutting weight and you and Sergey were sitting there and you were Pentelli was next to you and you were cutting weight. And it was kind of cool because you were cutting weight. I don't know if I could talk like you were, but you were like, yeah, guy was my coach at, at West shore. What's your relationship with guy Seiko? He owns defense. So, but what was your relationship with guy Seiko as a, as a, as a boy? Yeah, it goes, it goes back pretty deep actually. So 
I went to preschool with Gus Seiko, his son. Um, and then I went to the same, you know, school as him. Uh, we went to Our Lady of Angels. And from K through eight, I went to school with Gus. So actually how I started wrestling for West Shore was because I went to school with Gus. Gus was really good, right? So I started off at St. Pat's. West Shore was doing really good. My dad talked to Guy. I started wrestling there at the end of my second grade after my first year of wrestling. And uh, so he was my coach all the way until high school. And um, I mean, he was, uh, he's a big part of, of my success. I, I did really, I, when I went to West shore, I really excelled in, uh, in wrestling and it was one of the best rooms to grow up in. And I mean, we had hammers in that room. Um, I don't know what West shore is like now, but I bet it's the same, but I mean, we had, and I'm going to forget like 20 names, but we had Johnny DeJulius, Ty Mitch, Colin Palmer, me, and I don't know. And anybody who wasn't officially a part of the team, they would come up for like tournament champions, like Brad Squires came up and Dean Heil. I mean, you, you know all the names. It's was Salzer there? So I can't even remember. He was a St. Pat's kid, but then we ended up just being in the same room anyway. So he might have been St. Pat's or West Shore. It didn't, it didn't matter. Yeah. Have you seen his new room? Have you seen the new defense room yet? No, no. But I'll finally I'll be able to check it out because I'll be local. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah, Guy Seiko, yeah, we're close. And um, I had to wrestle um, Gus. Gus was the same weight class as me in college. And we ran into each other our, our senior year. And um, I ended up getting to see Guy at, at the uh, grapple at the garden. And it was it was a good conversation. And um yeah, one of the best coaches I've had. And I mean, his program speaks for itself. So, so another, uh, you know, Northeast Ohio family, the Burnett's, right? Coming back. Yeah. We got to mention you coming back uh, June 12th, right? To Burnett's, right? Do you have any Burnett stories growing up? We, we had Johnny Julius on and he talked about, you know, Zeb knocking over his coffee. And who else did we have on that? You made run with dumbbells or something, Zeb? Or? I, it was Dave. It was actually <laughs> oh, that literally was right. Dave. I, <laughs> I, 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 so the one thing I'm thinking of is I think it was me, Simon Kitsis, and Sean Boylan, maybe. We overslept the morning run. And, yeah, we uh, <laughs> dumbbells. And it, it sucked because because we started so late. It was like we had to run. I think I just grabbed uh, – like I had barely had time to eat and I just, we had to start practice that first session. Sorry. Zeb's stories all meld together. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I have a good story. I'm happy. I thought of it. Um, Zeb, you probably don't know this story at all, so you'll get a kick out of it, but oh, good. Tadaki had a, um, he, he came in for a session. Um, so this is when I was younger and, uh, he was showing us a power half. I actually still use this power half today. If I, if I get there, but, um, he, he, he grabbed Derek four. You remember how strong that guy is? Yeah. Big Jack dude. He tried doing it. He, he was trying to make a point like, all right, like, all right, you, you know, come here and how to try to um, hit the power half. And Derek was too strong. So I was cracking up. I was cracking. I was like, Derek, just like, all right, like, let him get it. Let him, he's trying to make a point. So it was so funny, man. Like I'm trying not to laugh too hard about it right now, but Eric four was just like squeezing, squeezing in and Tata just was like trying. And like, and then it started getting a little awkward. Cause it was like, a mi- like it was a while. It was like 20 seconds. He's like still trying, still trying, still trying. And then I was like, just grab me next time. And I'm not as strong and you'll get me. 
No, that's a good. He's a freak, though. He still. Yeah. I remember his big thing was his big gimmick. He would do his age and push-ups with you guys. How to still do like eighty? I just, I just, I just used the thing that he taught me today with the kids at Dundee. Um, so you do push-ups and sets of five. So I. That's what he does. He does sets. I was gonna yeah. say that he does sets it of works. five. I got the kids to do these. These are younger kids. I got them to do sixty push-ups by just. All right, hey guys, five more. You got five. Then we do it. You got five more. What do you? Can you get five more? Like I just kept saying five. Like. Uh-huh. I gave him a number. It was like 30 and 30 was tough. So we, it, that's what we got to 30. I got him to do 30 more. I like, all right, let's, let's, let's get to, uh, I got us to do 35. Then I go, let's, let's go for 50. We'll do it in sets of five. And literally I got So I learned that from Hada. Yeah. It's a great technique then. Right. Yeah. It's a men, it's a mental thing. Like there's a lot of stuff like that. Like this one sounds really weird, but I remember it really worked for me and maybe you're not supposed to do it, but we used to run that Klein Hill at Edinburgh and if you just keep running, your legs just give out. You just can't, they just, at some point they're going to give out. That's why the workout is what it is. But I found a way to kind of beat that. And what I would do is I would, I would run. And then when I feel that I'd like walk like one or two steps like quickly. And then I'd run again. Like I gave myself like a reset. It sounds minor, but I'm telling you, like, I mean, and I started getting really good at the Klein Hill and it's, it's not cheating. Is it? I mean, no, was like, there, yeah, I think just, there's not a rule. I was going fast. I was going faster than, there's certain guys I couldn't beat. I couldn't be AJ shop or maybe port, but I was, when I started doing that, I was a top five guy going up the hill. So no, that worked for you. That technique worked yeah. for you. Did yeah. you know Tadaki's dad literally took the sport of wrestling to Japan on a judo yeah. exchange? Did you know that? Yeah. yeah. And he, he was like, I don't want to, maybe you, when I mention it, you'll probably know, but he's like really close with Steve Aoki's father, like Benny Hanna, you know that or yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he's like, yes, I knew that, but he, yeah. Well, Tadaki's a celebrity in Japan. Yeah. I I remember a camera crew was following him. Yeah. No, he was following a camera crew came to Burnett's and was a Japanese camera crew came to Burnett's and was following him around. Tadaki can still show technique. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, so he was an Ignatius coach. He was started out as an Ed's coach because Ben Hada, one state for St. Ed's in like 94. And then he moved over with Sullivan. He was your coach and George, George D. Camillo's coach. I remember. So um, George has a uh, Tadaki painting hanging, hanging up in his uh, house. George is neighbors with Jared's uh, youngest brother, Troy Offer. Oh, that's awesome. And then they live, they, uh, they live right by my kid's daycare. So George lives about five miles from me. I'm probably not going to be too far from you guys either. Yeah, you're not. You have to come up. Bring your kids up. I will. Bring them up. Um, I'm, I'm your wife, her. your wife is from Steubenville? Yeah. Or Indian Creek? Is it Steubenville? She's from or Indian Creek? Creek. I always just say Steubenville because Indian Creek is small and same big. thing. Yeah. You wouldn't know what that it becomes Indian Creek unless they put a sign up. The cities right. run into each other. I've never seen the sign. No, there is. That's how I knew one day. I was like cuz I was at Schmidty's shop. And I went and I was like, what's Indian Creek? He's like, yeah, it's another town in the valley. And I was like, oh, okay. I loved, I didn't, I didn't know anything about Steubenville. I love it. It's got its own little charm to it. It's beautiful. Dad lives there and he's never leaving there. Yeah. Yeah. So how far will you guys be wherever you land? How far will you be an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes from Steubenville? Yeah, maybe a little bit more. Um, If we're in Stowe, it's going to be a little bit more, but I don't, I mean, I call him Big Mike, you know, 
Christine's dad, he, he's been driving up to Ann Arbor since we had our kids. Um, well, even before that, but he loves our kids. And um, so he's used to that drive. So to be less than two hours is like nothing. They're going to love it. Right? He's going to be like a call or he'll just trips, go on. Dude. Yeah. He'll, he'll be there for and dinner. It, and we're road warriors ourselves too. So Christina's brother lives in Cleveland. My mom and my sister live in Cleveland. Her sister lives in Columbus. We're really in the center of, of everybody. And then we didn't realize, but Christina's family is really big. Her cousin lives in Hudson. No way. Cuyahoga wow. Falls. So we're around every, we were around nobody like family wise. And now we're around everybody. So you guys, you two met at Edinburgh, right? Right. So you two met at Edinburgh. She's followed you all these places. You got two kids. You built, you competed and, and had a family. That's, that's gotta be tough, tough, Dave. That's it like is. real tough. I, the thing that made it not so tough is it wasn't even negotiable for me. I had to, um, I had to do it. And Christina took on a lot of um, that burden, I'll, I'll say, or whatever. And she supported me when our first daughter, when our first kid was born, uh, my daughter, it was tough. You were talking about that pull-up bar in the doorway. I had to get one of those and uh, do pull-ups at home. I, I had to kind of train, change my training situation up a little bit. Um, because she was working full time, I was training, so I would work out at home. Um, but then, um, when COVID hit, when we had our son, it changed. I got to train full time and everything. So we made a lot of sacrifices. Like when COVID hit, she lost her jobs or whatever, and we were about to have our son anyway. Or at that point, yeah, like she was pregnant with him. Um, we said, let's make a run for Tokyo, and it ended up being another year because it got pushed back to 2021. So the year 2020, we said, look, this is it. Let's, you know, we're going to be moving anyway. Let's make the sacrifice. You, you got it because, you know, we figured with both kids, we'd rather her stay home just for a little bit. And since we knew 2020 was going to be the end date, we were going to move somewhere else anyway. So I, I got to train full time. It, it paid off. And, um, and now here we are. So it was, it was, it was tough and we grew up, it matured us a lot being adults. Yeah. That'd be so tough you, to, tough to balance for sure. It was tough. How, yeah. How like, sweet it is. You're back in Northeast Ohio. Right? Yeah. That's the, that's the thing. Um, you know, this, this Western reserve prep coach job, it's, it's a very scarce thing. Like it's the only place. It's the only place I could coach in Northeast Ohio. That's a prep school you know, so it's, it's a very unique opportunity for me. So I'd, What's your coaching staff look like? Obviously you being assistant AD You have a hand in that, right? Yeah. I'm a, I have someone in mind. Um, I'm just, I guess I'll just keep it on. It's unofficial and everything, but I have somebody in mind. And uh, so I have one guy that, that I think I'll get. And then um, I'll, I'm still in that stage. I mean, but it's still new. Like you said, it's already it happened quick. So it, it's, it's, yeah, we're, there's, a, there's so much going on right now, like currently, like that I did today, like, like the house thing, like, um, I think we should have got paperwork tonight or tomorrow. Like, like everything's happening right now. It's, it's, and it's a lot. So cool stuff. You left a really tough program. Obviously, you were training the kids at Dundee. I saw those guys last summer. They have some freaking hammers. Swiderski, Stony Buell, 
Yep. Both Swiderskis. I'm turn, I'm guessing that turns into a fist fight a lot. Coach it Roberts is national coach of the year, right? Yep. They have a really good thing going in Dundee, Michigan. Um, how hard is that going to be to to leave them? And you know, you're saying, ah, hey, maybe I can train you through June, and it doesn't look like you're going to be able to. It depends how the job goes here and the house goes. There's a lot going on, right? Contingent, but like, how hard does it leave in a program like Dundee, Michigan? I mean, it it made it. You know, I had some excitement about not some. I was very excited about Western Reserve, but some of that got kind of like killed because I was really sad about leaving. That's how much they mean to me, like the kids and the, and the parent, the, the community, the whole thing. So I was really dedicated, dedicated to those guys. We moved to Dundee, Michigan. And I decided since I'm with working with these guys all the time, you know, I'll commute up to Ann Arbor. It's worth it. So that's, that was very difficult, but you know, I, I, I had to do it. I have a family to think about. And, um, so I knew I had to do it, but um, very it was very difficult. It's it's very difficult for me. I, you know, I'll keep in touch with them, and 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 we'll still get to work with each other in a different capacity, I'm sure. But um, they're a special group of kids. They're not just good wrestlers, but they're really they're mature, good kids, like good good morals, good values. Um, they get that from their parents. The parents are great. They are obsessed with wrestling. I mean, you can't ask for much more than that when you run a practice and they're motivated. You don't, you don't even have to do that good of a job. They, they're, they're hungry, you know? So I think I did do a good job, but like, it's easy. It's easy working with Braden Davis or Casey or Caden Shinovar and like, they want to learn. They want to know how to finish the single leg or what I did in this position or like they're, and they scrapped. I, I never had to yell at any of them about, wrestling harder. They always wrestle hard. So reminds me of, of, of Bernie's a lot of good scrappers in there and a really good environment. If, if I could paint a picture for you, I think I kind of took the environment I got at Bernie's and I kind of put it on the Dundee kids lit with, with a lot of technique too. So, and they're Burnett guys, they go to Burnett. Yeah. Too. Yeah. They go, <laughs> I think they go more to Scotty cause it's closer, but they, yeah. yeah. That's so, awesome, man. Yeah. That's it's awesome. an amazing group. And so that, so it's, from the outside, you're like, oh, you know, Dave's probably going to miss a lot of the Michigan guys. It's like, well, I got the Dundee guys too. There's a lot of people in, in the state of Michigan that I'm going to miss and uh, that I've built relationships with. It's part of the sport, right? Part of the yeah. growing, right? You're going to have that you know, growing as a, as a coach, right? Yeah. So, so June 12th, what, what are the kids can they expect at, uh, at Bernie's, right? I'm, I'm excited to see what you, what you got going and what you're bringing and, you know, and have Ohio's best youth wrestlers there uh, coming to check out, you know, what you're going to show. So what, what can they expect? Oh, I have a lot of, uh, I'm going to show, well, I'm either going to go, I'm either going to go one of two routes. I'm either going to get into, uh, I'm either going to show something from each position. I love doing that. Again, it kind of goes back to the Andy Rovat thing, being good in all positions. So I might show a good setup to a good finish to a good, then the guy gets in on your leg scoring there, or I might just focus on one area. That's I'm kind of deciding that right now doing like a, a series of events. So an example of that would be like a lot of parterre. Like I go for a gut wrench, but would be gut wrench. Then the second thing would be the guy defends the gut wrench this way. So I do this. Then he defends it this way. I do this. Like 
So either either I'm going to show something from each position, um, or I'm going to do a series of just one specific area. I I think what I'll probably end up doing is blending that. I think, yeah. but I I think the one thing that I'm going to hammer home is like when people say wrestling is wrestling, it, it, it's a little annoying to me at sometimes. And sometimes it's not because freestyle folk style are di it's different and you can be good at folk style, not good at freestyle. If you're a guy who dives and passes ankles and stuff, but at the same time, if you have, if you are, if you are good at wrestling, if you're good at the fundamentals, like I, I don't feel like folk style wrestling to me is that much. The only part where it's really different is top and bottom. It's really different. So a lot of the stuff that I'll show at, at, at camp on June 12th um, is stuff that I would show for folks anyway. And then I'm going to have to obviously cover some top and bottom. You know, that's the part where, especially at the high school level, if you're really good, you're going to do really well. And if it's a really inconsistent area, right? Like if you're a good guy on your feet, you're going to be good. You're going to be good on your feet. But if you don't know how to stop a gut wrench and you go wrestle a guy from Minnesota or Illinois, he takes you down, you're in trouble. Right. You, you're going to hang out a little bit all week. Cause they have, they have Burnett camp all that week then following or are you just kind of in and out or I'd love to, I'll talk to, I sent Eric a message telling him how excited I am to see him. And, um, and I talked to Jody. So yeah, I'll, I'll talk to them in person. And I just, I haven't said anything in stone. Cause I, my everyday has been changing. Right. <laughs> you know, you know what tomorrow, right. But yeah, I, I, what, I, what, what uh, we're planning to do is uh, I, I want to bring up Christina and the kids and let them run around. There's an, there's a lot of space there. And I think Jody wants to meet the kids and I'll, I want the kids to see the wrestling room and stuff. So yeah, that's what Jody said. She was like, I, I, hope, family I hope he brings the family up. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring the kids and everything. So we'll see, maybe I'll come up a couple other days and stuff. The only, the only thing I could say that would make it difficult is I have to go back to Michigan and, and come back. So that's kind of on the way though. Right. From yeah. Yeah from northeast ohio going back to michigan yeah so. well zab we're closing in an hour here what what else do you have let's give us you can give us uh unless i don't know i don't, I don't have anything else unless dave's got anything for us um we covered a lot of good good uh conversations you know um really excited to do the camp for oac i think ohio is going to do really well at, at uh at fargo is it okay to call it far? Do you have to call it cadet? Well, yeah, the camp is more for the uh, next season for folk style, but there'll be guys there at the Barnett camp for Fargo. So yeah. There'll be some guys there, you know, doing both, you know, but the camp is more for the folk style um, K through eight team the following year. But yeah, there definitely be some Fargo hammers there at the Burnett's. You know, I was talking with Jody today. Of, um, <clears throat> the guys coming in for the OAC camp and then, you know, the guys sticking around to do Burnett's, you know, obviously those, those rooms are, are hammer rooms. Yeah. As you know, right? Coming yeah. There, it's just crazy the names that go, that have been through that room. So, but um, no, I didn't. Jared, have let's, let's let's get him some. Uh, we got to get him some swag, some BA swag. BA swag. We got. We'll have a shirt yeah. for him, won't we? Okay. Yeah. 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 We'll have a Team Ohio shirt for you. Team Ohio shirt. Yeah. So we got to get you, and then we got to get Western Reserve wearing BA. But that's but that's up to the athletic director and the head wrestling coach. Oh, we know him. Never mind. <laughs> I'm interested for sure. I, awesome. I, yeah. Um, oh, so if we're if we are doing folk style at that camp, which I 
Jody did explain it to me, but I guess I'm no, you got a, you have a lot going on. So. Yeah, there, there's a lot going I, on. I think I heard guys were getting ready for Fargo too. So yeah, it will be. Yep. Folk style. I will show the tilt on top. Nice. I can sneak, and you're gonna want to pay attention. Yeah. So, I'm in. Sign me up. Hey, can I video all of it? Can I video all the technique? Sure. Put it on YouTube. We'll put it on Rockfin. We'll put it on Instagram, Twitter, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And it's almost like people could see those videos. And they could see how high level of a coach that Western Reserve Academy is going to have. And then they could consider going to Western Reserve Academy. It's almost like you could use them as recruitment videos, which you're allowed to do. Yeah. I mean, if you're a young kid or whoever you are, um, you should be excited about coming to Western Reserve if, if if it works out because you'll get to wrestle with me. You'll learn my high level technique and you'll be at a great school and you'll have a tough schedule. So uh, to me, I think it's, it's, uh, it's not a no brainer. I'll say, cause you know, I understand, you know, high school kids, they want to go to the local high school and stuff, but it's a very, very good choice and it could pay off in the long run. Awesome. Dave, Jared, I think okay. we're good. Thanks, Dave. I'm, I'm looking forward to June 12th. I'm, I'm super excited that you're back in Ohio. You know, I saw the news. Yeah news break today it's like oh yes he's you know come back to ohio pretty lucky to have you coming back so so thank you for your time tonight on you know short notice you know we wanting to get you on and um thank you um listeners be sure to check out barbarian apparel slash ba hour singlet specials i know teams are gearing up i talked with josh this morning teams are buying singlets if you go to that link you get a singlet special so their teams are already getting their gear ready for next year so Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Thank Dave, you. Thanks I had for the a blast. Time. Always stick around real quick. Gotta, great talking to you, Jared. Yeah, stick around for a little bit. Just real. Visit our friend Teague Moore, the wrestling consultant on Facebook or the wrestling Use code BA hour for a free 15 minutes.